And you know, not too long ago, I was in a, um, a room about 20 guys, and it was a, a leadership development room. And the speaker had asked us, a show of hands here, how many of you guys had a positive relationship with your biological father? And um, I scanned the room, and only three out of the 20 people actually raised up their hands. And I was actually quite surprised because it was a faith-based gathering, and I'd expect there'd be more hands lifted up. So that led me to do a little bit more research that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, this is found from the 2018 U.S. Census Bureau. Um, they gathered this data. It says that there are 11 million single-parent households, and 80% of them are fatherless. And that breaks down to one in every four children born. And so when I saw that stat, I'm like, man, like that's actually quite an alarming number of, uh, of uh, children without fathers. And um, that led me to research a little bit more, well, what are the effects when the father is not home or absent? Um, this stat I want to share with you guys is from the United States Department of Health and Human Services, and they report um, these percentages. And before I, I name off the percentage, these are within each category. Uh, the percentage represent those who have absent fathers in their lives, okay? All right, so the first one from their data says 90% of homeless and runaway children have absent fathers. 85% of all youths in prison have absent fathers. 71% of high school dropouts, 63% of youth suicides, and 85% of children um, have behavior disorders. Uh, because of an absent father. And as I was doing this research, I'm like, man, that, that's tangible effects, right, of not having a father's love within our lives. And we can all agree that because uh, without a father's love, it affects our emotions, our mindset, and even our success in life. But to take that concept even further, how much more catastrophic when we don't know our heavenly father? Specifically, our, our Heavenly Father's love in our lives. And so, church, today I want to deliver a message to you entitled, The Father's Love, The Father's Love. And the hopes is that as we unpack the, the fullness of God's love, you're going to get that, that breakthrough that you need. You're going to get that encouragement that you need if you haven't had a good relationship with your, with your father. Or maybe this is your first year uh, without your dad. So with that... If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and start off in our first uh, scripture passage. We're going to be in the book of Romans. And if you guys don't have your Bible, we will have it pulled up on the screen. And uh, as I'm turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context on the book of Romans. So Romans was written by Paul, who was an early church leader. And he was writing to the, the church in Rome. And I always recommend to those that are starting within the faith to read the Gospels, uh, but then to go to the book of Romans, because Romans teaches us how to live out our faith. And as we pick it up here, Paul was just talking about our Heavenly Father's love. And so we're going to be in verse 38. You guys ready? All right, let's go. Verse 38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God. This is truth within our lives. So if you're taking notes, the first encouragement I want to give you is God loves you. God loves you. As simple as that may seem, it's actually, there's layers to it, right? And we know that God is our, is our Heavenly Father, and based off this text, we can find out that He loves us no matter what. And I love that Paul started off by saying, I am convinced. I am convinced. And if you do a little bit more research on the word convince, it comes from the Greek word, papesmai, papesmai. And that word, the definition of that simply means to be fully confident or persuaded. To be fully confident or persuaded. So church, I want to ask you today, are you fully confident or persuaded that God loves you? Because if you don't, it literally affects all aspect of your faith walk, of your faith journey. It really goes back to what Pastor kind of shared principle of last week. He had stated the truth of how we view God's greatness determines the quality of our service. Right? So the same principle applies on how we view God's love. Because if we view God as an angry God all the time, if we view him as, man, if I make one more mistake... If I do this one, he's never going to love me anymore. And so if you have that mindset, what that's going to cause you to do is it's going to cause you to tiptoe around and walk in on eggshells, right? But based off this text, that, that the, the word of God tells us that this is not true. There is nothing that can ever happen that can separate you from the love of the Father. And I never really understood this concept until I actually became a father myself. Actually, I have a photo up here with, uh, with Elena. This is our firstborn. So don't clap too much. I actually had to bribe her in this photo, right? You guys didn't see it, but I had to bribe her to smile at me. Um, but since we're, we're celebrating family, I got Krizia, my wife, everybody, front row. She's carrying our, uh, our second child coming at the end of July, baby boy. But it takes two to tango, so I, I want to acknowledge Krizia. <laughs> but I wanted to share this, uh, this photo with you guys because uh, when I became a father, nothing that Elena has ever done could stop me from loving her. And I can't really describe that to you. It's just something that you have to experience. And it goes back about the triune um, of God, right? He's three in one. He's the Son, Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit. But he's also a father, and so when I became a father, it unlocked a, a different level of relationship with the father. And so, parents, you can agree here that no matter what your child has done or whatever uh, situation that they're in, there's something within you that has an unconditional love. And if we uh, earthly people feel this way, how much more is our heavenly father, a perfect father, has a love for us? Come on, we can celebrate that. And so, church, what I want to do now, if you're in this room and you feel like, you know what, Pastor Chow, I, I get that concept that God loves us unconditionally no matter what, but I haven't really seen it in my life. So what I want to do now for the next 23 minutes 
is to give you guys three ways our Heavenly Father expresses His love for us. Three ways our Heavenly Father expresses His love for us. So if you're taking notes, uh, write this down. Online family, if you guys are taking notes, write this down. The first way our Heavenly Father expresses His love for us is through His instructions. Through His instructions. And so with that thought, let's go ahead and go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 10 to 13. Proverbs is an amazing book. It's practical. You can apply it in your lives today. It's full of wisdom. But I wanted to bring this verse to your attention. It says this, My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long and good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you into straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Everybody say instructions. instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't you guys love that this passage first starts off with my child? God's how addressing that, us as, as children, right? And so if God sees us as children, he's saying, because I love you, I've given you some guidelines, some instructions for your life. Uh, an acronym that I, I memorized early when I was in my faith uh, journey was Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. Right? You guys know that every product out there comes with a manual. Right? There's no manufacturer out there that creates something without, a, without a, a, a manual. And it's the same with us. We're God's creation. We're the masterpiece. And so he's given us, online family, instructions for our lives. And it's a dangerous spot when you go through life and you pick and choose what to follow. Right? Or you have this thought of, well, God is a God of love and he loves me so I can do whatever I want. Right? Not the case. For example, within, within our lives, within our home, quite recently, uh, Krizzy and I, we were cleaning up the house. And uh, when I say Krizzy and I, I was observing Krizia. And we were, uh, she was mopping up the floor, and Elena was around. And so we had instructed Elena, said, baby girl, the floor is wet. Stay on the couch, please. And she's getting to the age now where she's actually testing uh, us in what we're doing. So for example, when, when we say that, you know, stay here or do that, she'll slowly etch towards the edge and she'll look at you. And uh, we keep saying, baby girl, don't do it. And then she keeps on going. And then she finally does it. And uh, in this occasion, she started to slip and she actually fell. And I was like, oh my goodness, did you not know these instructions were to keep you from not getting hurt? Right? And so it's the same with the word of God within scripture. Right? He's given us some, some safeguards, some railings, some um, uh, insights on what to do and, and what to avoid. And in that moment with Elena, it was an opportunity for us to discipline her, to instruct her, right? And I feel within our spiritual uh, culture right now, the, the secular word is the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. Uh, we want to buck against instructions, right? We want to buck against feedback. But did you guys know that discipline and instructions are a godly principle? Matter of fact, it says this in Proverbs 3, uh, 11 to 12. It says this, my child, 
Once again, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And so, church, as we continue to grow within our faith and read scripture, you're going to come across some passages that isn't going to sit well with you. And guess what? It's not supposed to. But God is using that as an opportunity to discipline us in the ways of the Lord. And just as a final note on this, to take it even one step further, God will oftentimes use people to bring discipline and instructions in your lives. And so the next time your boss, your manager, your supervisor, your superhero team leader, your director, your, your staff leader, if they come to you and give you some instructions or feedback, right? first ask yourself, is this instruction making me a better person? Before your emotions get in there, right? Ask yourself, when my manager says this to me, is this going to make me a better person? Because chances are, if it is, God is using that person to grow you, mold you, and develop you. Amen? All right. Let's go. I knew I loved the 1045. All right. So... Um, As we continue on to express how our Heavenly Father expresses love for us, the second way that he does that is through community. Everyone say that with me. Through community. We're actually going to go to the book of Acts for this this one. And if you do have your Bibles, it's right before Romans. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 44 to 47. And to give you a little bit of context on this passage... Jesus has ascended into heaven, he's gone to the Father, and now it's the church age where the people are are meeting together and they're starting to form. And so we pick it up here in verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, And they shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added, everybody say added, Added. to their fellowship those who were being saved. So examine that, church. The Lord added. What does that mean? That means the Lord gave, right? The Lord increased. And so one of the ways that, that God shows his love, our Heavenly Father shows his love for us, is given us community, a faith-filled community. So I want to encourage you today, and even our online family as well, if, if you're alone and you haven't had a chance to connect with anyone in, in, in the areas of faith, know that you're missing out on an aspect of God's love for your life. And I want to build that thought out. All right. So we know that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we believe in him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes his room in our heart. Right. So the spirit of God, who God is, lives on the inside of us. Um, I don't have too much time to get on it today, but there's a famous verse in Matthew that talks about parents. If your son asks you for bread, would you give him a scorpion? It goes on to say, how much more would your Heavenly Father give you good things? And in the account of Luke, it says, give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Okay? So the concept is that God has given us his spirit, and he lives on the inside of us. So what that means is that when the body gathers together, when the people gathers together, an aspect of God gets revealed. 
right? The principle is found in Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20. It's not on the screen. But it says, where two or more gather in my name, there I am among them. Okay? And so when you get into a faith-filled community, you're going to experience our Heavenly Father. And there's three ways through the faith-filled community you're going to experience our Heavenly Father. Okay? The first way that you could receive um, uh, uh, his expression of his love is through an ear. Everybody touch your ear. All right, an ear. What do you mean by that, Pastor Chow? Well, when we oftentimes go through life, there are things that we're grappling with in our thoughts, right? And where it's throwing us off, it's weighing us down, and it's not really until we work these thoughts out is we won't find that, that, that healing that we need or that um, efficiency that our, our, our brain needs, right? And so what happens when you get into a faith-filled community is you have someone that's actually able to listen on what's going on. But not only that, the strong leaders will ask the right questions so you can get your thoughts out. And so that's the one way that, that you can find healing through, through an ear. Jesus has plenty of questions. So that's why I love for our, our light groups, we always have an intentional time of an intentional uh, asking of questions. All right? The second way that you experience God's love, our Heavenly Father's love, through community is through someone's voice, through a voice. God will oftentimes speak through people to your life. And I want to encourage the leaders in here right now when it comes to using our voice as it's powerful, right? God created the world through his voice, through speaking it. So what we speak, if we're in Christ, has a lot of power, okay? So when we speak, we definitely don't want to just speak our, our own thoughts or our own opinions, but we want to speak on, on what the word of God says on the situation. Amen? And so here, here's the takeaway. When you're speaking with people, right, they either need an instruction or they need a promise from the word of God. And he's given us this opportunity to uh, be used in that way. And maybe you're on the other side of the fence where you need some encouragement. You're going to get someone's voice through community. And then the last way is through a hand, right? So you, through community, you get an ear, you get a voice, and you get a hand on your life. What do you mean, Pastor Child? The Bible talks about laying on of hands, right? It's a supernatural thing when the body gathers together and when a spiritual leader or someone is actually able to lay a hand on you, something happens in the supernatural. Um, you guys weren't here for it at the 9 a.m., but we had child dedication, and we as a church were able to extend a hand. I was able to lay hands on every single child, and what happens is God moves through that act of faith. So online family, if you're sitting at home and no one has a chance to lay a hand on you yet to get in community, come on, it's time to get out of the house, get back into the house of the Lord. There's encouragement here. And just lastly, on the hand, it goes beyond just laying on a hand, but there's actually tangible things that the church community can do for you. You know, I just, um, I'm just so joy felt to be on the, the side of giving help to other people when they're in need. The Bible talks about it's better to give than to receive, right? And so when you get into a community where people are actually getting out and, and helping you with everything that you need, you experience God's tangible hands on your life. Amen? Come on, we can celebrate that, guys. And so what's the danger of not um, stepping into God's love through community, through our Heavenly Father's through community? Actually, uh, Elena's in a stage right now where she's beginning to not want to watch Coco Melon anymore. Praise the Lord. I, I got the jingles out in my head right now. Uh, but right now, she is in a stage where she's learning more about animals. 
Um, and so we got National Geographic on, and every time she, there's an elephant, she's like, Ellie, Ellie. And so what, what this forces me to do and Chrissy to do is we're forced now to actually watch National Geographic with her. So I'm forced to learn about nature, right? Um, it's kind of funny because the Bible talks about how Solomon, he had wisdom in every area. He could tell you about the trees. He could tell you about all kinds of animals. So actually, um, just a couple days ago, they were showcasing Arctic wolves. And these wolves were hunting these Arctic caribous. And did you know that their strategy um, is when they, the wolves see the caribou out in the open plain or the lake, they drive them into the forest. And the reason why they drive them into the forest is because it causes separation between all the caribou, right? And now as a result, they can gang up on the caribou and actually eat. And so when I saw that, I'm like, God's speaking to me in this. It's, it's the same thing with community. When we're doing life alone, when we're doing life by ourselves, the enemy uses as an opportunity, right, to track us down. So you definitely want to get into community. And lastly, on that thought, I just want to encourage us that Light Groups is starting up this week, and it's something to celebrate. It brings me a lot of joy because we as a church, um, community building relationships is, is a huge thing. And the national average for church participation um, for groups outside of church is less than 35%. But church, I want to just uh, share this praise report with you that we as a church, we're still on our, on our second week of signups. It's still going on. We're over 50% of church participation for groups. And so I want to encourage you, if you are not yet in a church community, Light Groups is a great place to start. You're going to find all those amazing things that we just talked about there within groups. And as we end it to our last and our third way on how God, our Heavenly Father, expresses his love for us, maybe you're in this room and you're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Chow, I've been in the Word, I've been around Faithfield community, but you have no idea what I'm struggling with right now. You have no idea the sin that I'm just grappling against. I don't want to do it, but how can God ever love someone like me? How can, love, how can God even just look at me in this moment right now? What I hope to do right now is to give you this truth, and it's going to change your entire life because it certainly changed mine. The third and last way that God expresses his love for us is through the cross. Through the cross. Romans 5.8 says this, but God showed this, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I love that. While we were still sinners. What does that mean? That means before we get our act together, before we become perfect, before we do everything that is in line, God chooses to still love us. He still chooses us. And there's a peace between you and God, and it's simply believing that Jesus paid the price at the cross. And so, church, I want to encourage you that the enemy will always use this area to attack your faith. Did God really say that? Does God really love you? That's why the Bible says, put on the helmet of salvation, right? The helmet protects your thoughts. It protects your mind. And one way we combat the enemy is knowing that, God, you love me, you chose me, simply because Jesus died on the cross for me. And so, church, with this thought that God loves us, I, I was asking God, well, Jesus, what, what do you want me to tell the people? I, I know that 
you love them, and the Bible says that you, you died for them. I just felt encouraged and just heavy to tell you today that you're worthy of his love. You're worthy to be loved. And since we are walking in that love, I just don't want to leave you guys here sitting in your seat and saying, you know what, God loves me. That's great. It doesn't stay there. I also want to bring a challenge to you as well, too. Because God loves you, now we have an opportunity to love others. John puts it this way. We can celebrate that. The Gospel of John puts it this way. John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. I'm giving you a new instruction. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And so, church, what that means is now that that God's love is over our lives, we can't help not to get into action, right? We can't help not to just stay in our seat. Love is a verb. Love is an action. We need to get up every single day, smile at people, point them to Christ. And I want to encourage the superheroes that are in the room, right, our volunteers. If you're not a volunteer, this isn't, uh, you're exempt from this, but it's time to step it up. It's time to be rooted in the Father's house. We never know who might be coming through these doors that are contemplating self-harm that is one step away from making a bad decision. And so, church, God is molding us and discipling us to be sons and daughters of the Most High. So we can't just sit around. We got cities to reach. We got people to save. We got 20 campuses to open. We got a state to reach. Come on. It's time to move. It's time to get into action.